Okay, I have a few things to say. Yeah. It's a blizzard. It's I mean, it's a, not a blizzard. It's not it's, a blizzard. It's a snow storm. Mm-hmm. Snowy evening. And I have a few things to say about that. <laughs> okay. okay. First, okay. Of all, first of all, um, I have executed um, what I am ha- I'm thinking of as a blizzard look uh, on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, the eyes, get, those, the eyes are white. Yeah, because you have to like take your joy where you can find it. Yeah. So I have like kind of a frosted, um, it's like a pale blue. No, it's nice. Under my eyes and some glitter. And I went some a more silver glitter. glitter. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that much silver glitter, so I, I couldn't do, couldn't execute it to the full extent. But um, this isn't full. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty full, full face. I want more. <laughs> Um, so that's one thing. Um, second of all, I am not charmed at all by Winter's attempts to like be cute. No. Not charmed. No. Um, totally. It was just like walking around in like the pristine, beautiful, quiet snow of Park Slope. It's sparkling. The flakes are coming down. And like my internal monologue was just like, fuck this, fuck this, <laughs> fuck this. Um, so I'm not charmed. The other thing is that I am really as I, was, as I was walking here other than my, that sort of mantra um i just really want a blizzard boo I'm taking, oh, taking yeah. applications um and i feel like this is this, this is like a corollary of your thing where it's like people of our generation basically like learned what an, an idealized relationship is from watching dirty dancing mm-hmm. so the whole your whole corollary to like the ideal scenario romantic scenario being a screened in porch while yeah. it's raining and the record player is on and, yeah um, that's true you know, love making that's whoopee passion. in the rain yeah <laughs> um the corollary to that is the blizzard boo the blizzard boo yeah. yeah well we're not in blizzard conditions so yet right so there's still time for me but so there I'm... will be inevitably a winter storm mm-hmm. so you have a month or so to Get, get my affairs in order <laughs> literally <laughs> somebody who's in walking distance mm-hmm This is Don't Think Twice, an unfiltered podcast where we trust our instincts and learn that life is only as good as the company you keep. So we, we caught a B train. We actually got to the movie theater um, a little before the original time we projected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then <laughs> so we're, everything was fine. So we were walking up the <laughs> escalator. Well, it keeps going. We walk up the escalator and then just like, oh, let's duck into Target to get some Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we do. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We make it into the movie theater. But by the time we make it into the movie theater, I have become a nervous wreck. So nervous mm-hmm. that we are going to be late, even though we're not late. And this is what's worse. Okay. So we go in and we, we saw Star Wars. This is the day that it opened. So it's, it's very popular in the movie very theater. Crowded, it was sold right, out. Right. We walk in. But, but, um, yeah, where the movie theater seat. that we ha- went to has a sign seat. So we, we go to our seat. And the guy next to me is like, you know, clear that he wants to watch. Well, I say clear that he wants to watch the previews. But this is like in Andrew's head has determined that the this guy's body language makes it clear that he wants to watch the previews. You, I have you, no you evidence. You don't know his life. He didn't tell me yeah. that he 
he wanted to watch movies. <laughs> so then I'm like trying to like unpack and get and sit down as quickly as possible and as like quietly as possible. But I also have to pee. But when I but there was a oh line. God, this is like the most <laughs> stressful fun activity ever. It's like you were late to college or something. Like I what? know. And so on the way in, I'm like, I'm gonna go to the restroom. But then there was a line out the door of the restroom. I was like, I can't do that because there's a sign that says once the movie starts, they close the door. And I don't. What does that mean? Once the movie starts and once the preview starts, I don't know what the rules oh are. God, I can't. See, so I need to go into the theater first, and then Jed's like, "Oh, I also need to pee." So, but I'll go into the movie theater while you go to the bathroom. But when I saw the line, then I was like, "Well, what if he think? What if it takes forever and he has to pee, and I don't have to pee as much?" And then like, the movie starts and he can't pee, right? You so, you know, you've had a you've had a rough day. I'm, I'm glad that we're here, <laughs> and I'm glad that we're having a glass of wine to unwind. And then I profusely apologize to Jed for being so like anxious. Just a brief aside, yeah, it did make me fall into this wormhole when I got home earlier <laughs> about galaxies and solar systems. So, this do you is know a, how many potential livable planets there are just in our galaxy? You know what? This is very weird, but yes, I do because billions, because I billions of planets who are positioned as close and not too far away from another star as Earth is billions. 11 billion and even more. That means every person on planet Earth could have their own planet. Right. Yes. That's and, amazing. And then some. I want my own planet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, the reason I know I have some sense of that is because I just went to the planetarium show. Oh, week. that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice a little dovetail. Thing, yeah. Like a whole thing about the cosmos and like how much of the cosmos we've mapped out and like the parts that we haven't and like you know how far away you know and, and the thing is like i don't really like co- um astrophysics and like because it makes you feel so Ign- insignificant insignificant and i'm such a narcissist that i can't i can't tolerate <laughs> yeah. the idea that like the world is like bigger than me yeah um that's like actually that's like actually true i'm like i'm, I'm i joke about it but it does it makes me actually really um feel anxious in the same way though obviously much bigger scale but in the same way as like um like snorkeling is something that i think is really awesome no 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 hear me out here (laughs) is that like i think it's really fun but sometimes when i think about it it, like stresses me out that like there's like all the air is going through the one hole no my god no because that that stresses me out that doesn't doesn't stress me out (laughs) i mean it's like a it's like a really rudimentary tool that works like the breathing what stresses you out the whole world under the sea whole world that like I have no role in and <laughs> that like you know that in fact like that cares I'm, nothing about you that cares nothing about me like <laughs> this, this is I'm, I know you're looking at me like this but this is why I'm telling you this story is because the, I, I'm literally that much of a narcissist <laughs> that I'm like oh my god this is this makes me feel so insignificant yeah. I don't like it and then I have to like pull my head out of the water well I can't follow you on snorkeling but I will follow you on the solar system yeah no it's, it's a lot I mean it's obviously it's totally different scale like, you know, we're talking about yeah. like things that are 10 billion light years away and like, you know, like supernovas and shit. So these things are crazy, crazy. It's crazy. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all interesting and, and it's like the space show is very pretty at the planetarium, but yeah. it was like, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, I need to like, I know. That's what I think every time when I was looking up these things and like, you know, because in Star Wars, I'll make this quick, but in Star Wars, you know, they're always, they're in the galaxy far, far away, but then they're like using light speed to go to different planets, mm-hmm. especially things on like the outer rim and whatever. So then I was like, well, really, is that possible? Like in, if we're in our solar system, 
Mm-hmm. Like, could could we get to Pluto on, on light speed? And I looked it up, and you know what? We could. It would take less than it would make take days. It would take less than a year. Yeah, well, that's just in our solar system. I know, I know. Yeah, but then, but then, like there are solar systems. Like there are, or I the mean, Milky there's our galaxy, Way. right? So the solar and then system there's like a, sits inside the Milky inside our, the galaxy, inside the galaxy. And then there's like there's like all a, like a zillion and there are galaxies. galaxies that are like millions of light years yeah. wide. Yeah, yeah. And there's and our that solar we, system. The farthest you can away get things that we've seen Pluto are like, like 11, 11 billion, ten billion light years away. That's how. Like I think that's about as far away shit and we've as we've seen hundred hundreds of billions of stars yeah correct anyway see we're getting into this again and i just want to like maybe like <laughs> we all are insignificant yeah. <laughs> so, so if we can pull it in can we bring more, it back down a little bit see. you know what i want to talk about you yeah. know what i think we'll bring it back down yes totally. that is something that's universal but also of the earth shenyun <laughs> oh yes i have been as you know dying to tell you about Shenyun. Yeah. I mean, you know you know about Shenyun. Everybody knows about Shenyun. Let's set the stage a little bit. Yeah, I think we need to back up Just a little bit. Just in case anyone is not aware of the, like, their surroundings and just doesn't know. And, like, <laughs> in case you've never read a promotional poster taped to basically any surface. Any surface in America. In America. I mean, maybe globally. I don't even know. Right. But, um... Every single this is not Maybe just New York intergalactically City, for all we know <laughs> in New York City and beyond. But let's like start with New York City. Every single bodega, every single coffee shop, every single storefront has either a Shenyun poster, yes, taped to the window, or a little brochure like stand, thing, stand somewhere or inside of it or both to a board or something. Yes. Um. So if you haven't been aware of it in the past, take a look around you and um you will start seeing it everywhere now once you notice it you will see it everywhere every Um, year round every neighborhood Mm -hmm. every neighborhood no matter where you go i'm sure these flyers are in brownsville like they're everywhere um not just new york city this is they're in seattle they're in portland i was recently in portland they're in cleveland they're everywhere so um so who is Shenyun? What is Shenyun? So Shenyun, it's like it's like it like appear. They also have TV commercials. It appears to be like the River Dance of China. Like I it's think like that's a exactly what it is. It's like a cultural extravaganza, and like in New York, they're doing it at Lincoln Center for like two week mm-hmm. run, and then it goes to Jersey for a little bit, just across the river, yeah. and then it goes to Connecticut for a little right. bit. <laughs> so tri-state area yeah. covered, and that's like just one month, right? Right. I mean, it's crazy. So. Um, they 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 are on tour pretty much year round, and I have to imagine that there's probably multiple troops Companies, and casts yeah. because like it like or like my sister's theory that the Trans Siberian Orchestra is <laughs> is actually like <laughs> ten different bands because yeah. um, otherwise how could they make their rounds like, right yeah especially that, the holiday season and around the holiday season it's like too much of a Christmas yeah. miracle for her to wrap her head around anyway uh, <laughs> it's neither here nor there um, so so that's, so they're a, they're a, they're a dance that they seem to be it's like a, really d- dance. Dan- dancers, like, like a, a dance troupe of a hundred drama dance of 40 dancers like, yeah i don't know um they... like skits like that type of thing chinese culture chinese culture ambassadors and it's hugely popular and um and so but have you ever met anyone who's seen shenyang i have not met anyone who's seen shenyang i think we need to no, see no, them but, in january but, but um my brother-in-law has a has like a I get. I guess it must like be a kooky aunt or something. I don't actually know who goes every year. Who bought their entire family tickets to see Shenyun last year, 
purchased Richard a ticket, my, my brother-in-law. Weirdly, not one for my sister, but <laughs> but he they were out of town that week. Oh, so he didn't get to go. That's Isn't so that insane? disappointing. Anyway, so so um, th- that was an amazing moment when we discovered that like they had the tickets. And I was like, how, what, why? Okay, so I have a lot of questions about Shenyan. But I think our main question, you and me, like as like, you know, producers and like event people was like how are they doing this how are they how is their marketing their reach so, is so so aggressive saturating like, yeah what is their marketing budget like who is doing all of this yeah like, it's so crazy and so i've seen the posters i've never seen anyone hanging oh, I them have, up i have i've seen people handing out flyers and then i approached that because at this point i've, I've like yes. become like crazed about it and i like i was like excuse me like who's paying you? Like like yep. literally, I was like, can you like what can you tell me? But the, unfortunately, the person that I happened to approach, even though there's like a, str- a I've done a lot of research. This is going to be the punchline, but um, there's a lot of Chinese American support of it. The the person I happened to approach was somebody who didn't really speak English that well. Okay, and was like, what or what are you trying to like tell me to move or like yeah, <laughs> to, like get yeah. my face? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not like I'm not trying to like <laughs> confront you about anything. I just like really need to understand like. Who's pay, who like who's paying your your yeah. salary and like how is this happening and how do you have so many posters and how is this possible? That you so you know, I don't know how to. Do, I, okay, so what is? I'm here to reveal the secret of Shen Yun, and it's not actually a secret. Shen Yun is the Falun Gong. What? Okay, you know about Falun Gong? It's like the that like China. It's like the Gong Show. Oh my God! Okay, wait. <laughs> no, no, not the Gong. Okay, Falun Gong is that thing that like forbidden like religious practice in china where it's like this like sort of so the chinese government has um sort of branded it as a cult and they're the people you know when you see the people doing like the slow tai chi in chinatown park and stuff uh-huh. like the like a lot of those are like falun gong related um like med- meditation like physical exercise type of things it's all part of that that whole campaign so um this is a it's this very uh widespread institution but like inside china um people who are practitioners of falun gong are like imprisoned and like sent to work camps and like you know silenced and like all these like whatever um so the 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 falun gong practitioners are saying like basically that we are just practicing religion and we're being you know punished for for that the chinese government is like this is like a dangerous cult and their propaganda is like undermines the the authority of the chinese government whatever so this has been like a really long battle that this was like a really bit made a lot of like headlines and back in as far as the 90s you know i'm not sure how far back i'm not a scholar on any of this (laughs) but okay so the answer to how Shenyun is doing the marketing is because it's a religion. It's like it's like how do you get how does the Mormon oh, church get those people to come yeah. to your door or like mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses to hand out all those pamphlets in the subway stations? Like it's because these people are like religious practitioners who are like trying to spread the good word. And so all those marketing people are volunteers. are volunteers, and that's the answer: is how is how do they get a poster in every storefront every in America? Store. Is because they have people who are like trying to do do their good deeds as members of the of the. I mean, you don't call it a church, but ma- like let's let's say for the sake of argument. Wow! So that means that we 100 percent have to go to the show. 
Isn't that bonkers? We have to go to the show. Yeah. So, so my, I, I guess my question though was like, why would they not brand it as being right related what's, to the what's, Yeah. And I was wondering maybe they were hope they they the hope was that um, are all the dancers volunteers? I know. I mean, the thing is, it's it's quite at this point, it's quite a lucrative mm-hmm. um, institution, and the. Um, like in terms of the booking. So I, I did a little research on this and there are some Sounds articles. Sounds like you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. There are some articles about it online where they talk to some people who, um, like they talked to this one woman who was a like basically the booking manager um, for their tours at a certain point. She was also, you know, just like a, like a regular person who worked like a full-time job, like as like a paralegal or something. I yeah. don't even know what she was. And then, but then in her spare time, volunteered like like 20 to 40 hours a week like six months out of the year mm-hmm. to do booking stuff for them um i imagine they free. rent out their own venues and do the whole thing yeah, yeah 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 i'm sure they do um well i don't know actually it's at this point like um but because she was saying that like at first it was like a huge like labor to get to get um you know, get in places and be able to get access to places. And now it's such a revenue generating thing that I'm sure that pe- that presenters are probably partnering Would with them. Would present it, yeah. Because it, it is hugely, hugely profitable and it sells itself, basically. So you just put it in there and... Wow. Yeah. And so they change up the show every now and then right. of what it, it's presenting, but it's basically like a history of like Chinese culture from the perspective of... The, the falling gong, gong like like mine whatever their philosophy or their their interpretation of it so um so i i don't know i think this is like the most fascinating discovery ever i, I don't know if like ev- like maybe this is just <laughs> me being like a tinfoil hat wearing like crazy person well but, like, I mean, we've seen these posters for years and they don't explain themselves in the poster at all, it's just at like all. a dance chinese right. dance but, extravaganza I mean, that, it is of- it is so it is in one way like the river dance of china but on the other hand it's totally not. Right. It's like it's. Do like, they have an aim? Are they trying to like? No, I just think that they're trying. To, it's like a goodwill ambassador kind of okay. thing, where. Um, Does the Chinese? So the Chinese government has nothing to do with it. No. I I've always assumed that no. it was funded by the Chinese. government. No, in fact, quite the opposite because they they're in opposition to one another. Those two, those two entities. Right. So in um. I think a lot of the seed funding came from like wealthier, like expatriate Chinese people who, you know, did believe in that system or right. whatever and had the disposable income being like living in America or wherever to, right. um, to, to invest in it. But um, they interviewed one of the dancers as well who, who is Chinese from China and is now essentially like an exile um, because like she's like, you know, I can't. I can never return because right. of my association with like a Falun Gong like propaganda machine. organization group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, but she'd been dancing with the troupe for like, you know, twelve years or something crazy. So it's wow. been around for a while, and and um, I'm super, super, super fascinating. So this isn't thing. like okay. So because I want to purchase a ticket and go. Yeah. Just out of sheer curiosity, but I don't want to be supporting some sort of strange fringe group that's doing like. Well, I mean, you can do things. your own research. Like, I don't really know enough about it. Like, I feel like this was. A I don't big, know anything about like, it. Like, I feel like yeah. this was like a big th- issue. But in do the you news remember we last year when we were when the, we saw that poster of the Messiah by that group? 
the the A four forty. Maybe four forty two people. Yeah, four forty or four thirty eight or something. Yeah, you know? and then you looked it up, and it's like some it's a huge crazy cult. It's like thing. a crazy cult. I mean, yeah, that's less of a cult. I mean, it is sort of a cult, I guess. It's a cult of yeah, it is sort of a cult. What were they about? No, so they. <laughs> okay, <this laughs> Not to go on a tangent. This is like another topic that I'm like kind of obsessed with, though. Actually, like this is this is actually no, this is a great tip. One of the best internet rabbit hole rabbit holes you can fall down is about. Um, the tuning like standard oh, yes, tuning yes a440 um typically in orchestra tunes they're a to 440 if you're in europe 442 442 as high as 444 even yeah and ones. then in some like old school baroque tuning goes south yeah but so basically standard a or whatever is 440 um but uh there is a whole line of thinking <laughs> that um a440 like that that standardization of that pitch is um a nazi um, yeah. mm-hmm. propaganda thing because it creates fundamental disharmony in the body and cultivates like disharmony amongst people and this is a whole thing that like you put sand in a dish or something or yes. <laughs> and then if you were to like play it at a frequency it yeah, creates they put sand like in a patterns dish. that are adding... and they're like look when you play it at 440 it's chaos and then you turn it down to 430 32. I can't and remember it creates what it is. Patterns. And it creates patterns. But it like, of course, that's dependent on like the type of sand you use and the size of the dish and yeah. like all these other factors. It's it's like it's very like non-science, but the amount of like pseudoscience that that people have compiled about this is staggering on the internet. And the entire thing that that triggered this line of inquiry for me, um, like last year maybe, was because. Well, I guess, I guess it must have been earlier than last year. Two, maybe years, two years ago. ago maybe? Because Prince tweeted right. something or Instagrammed something. The artist. Yes. Um, uh, something about like that he himself was a proponent of this like alternate tuning thing. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what the fuck? And also it's like, would Prince like. Would he lie? Would to he me? lie? I mean, of course he. I mean, he was. I mean, he had his own. You know, turned down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting. Yeah, like, that's a different thing. Yeah. that's a, for a different day. Totally different thing. But I was like, oh my god, I need to know more. And if Prince believes in it, like I'm starting out from a place of, of like, you know, that it's this is maybe credible or right. something. So so then I really start going down this whole th- this whole thing, and you can find like on um, YouTube. There's like different orchestras and stuff. Like I mean, like like the the people who are in this cult or whatever right. <laughs> have created have like created recordings where things are tuned down to a lower you know the lower frequency yeah. a and saying like oh can't you tell like how much more calming like barbara barbara's adagio is like tuned at 432 right. than 440 and like i mean i have a very sensitive ear like if you listen to them side by side yes you can tell that you one of them is difference. like a little bit lower but like First of all, I would never be able to tell the difference if someone just pay- played them without context and, no. and was like, "Like, it, it, is this more like calm?" And I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, you, no, you, wouldn't. you wouldn't be able to tell. Um, and it's not because it, it's not a big, quite a big enough difference. You know, eight no. hertz or whatever is like yeah. not enough for you to really perceive a really fundamental difference. But what was this group? We've gotten so far away from Shenyang, no, I know, but... no. But this is like this is very. I'm, I mean, it's so <laughs> no. There's so there's this group, and I guess they must be based in Brooklyn. And every year that they they do a they um, do the Messiah and they tune it down. They tune it down. But they are but they are a cult. Yes. When you dig deep enough. Yes. Yes. That that is what, what it was seemed there? to be. I'm trying I don't to know. Yeah. I don't know. 
entirely this is a very unsatisfying conversation i know because (laughs) (laughs) no i don't recall exactly what their like end game is but if they have these like very these like interesting like you can it's all out there it's all on public records all on wikipedia and like the leaders of it like one of them was like imprisoned in europe for like yeah what um, was the name of a that organization i'll look it up as we talk yeah well you can just uh, try to look up like a 432 like messiah brooklyn or something like that but they they do performances of it in um various uh like places i don't think i so i don't think the brooklyn performance is the only um the only time that it happens yeah it's sort of like a, a project to sort of proselytize across Ugh, it's really it really annoys me that I can't find it. But oh. well, maybe maybe we'll 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 take a little break and then if we can find it, we'll report back. Okay, so so we're back and what we've, we've discovered yeah. is that the name that we were searching for for this weirdo um, four thirty two handles Messiah presenter is the Schiller Institute. The Schiller Institute um, supports overthrowing the geopolitical order in favor of a new paradigm, capital N, capital P. Um, and they are an offshoot of uh, something called the LaRouche. LaRouche? They're, they, yeah, they're supportive of the LaRouche mo- movement. Um, which seems to be... By a guy named Lyndon LaRouche and his ideas, which seem to be a little bit... Um, Okay, so you could either look at it in an extreme way, which some media outlets have, oh some God. international have media outlets. Have you already gotten drawn have, in? Yeah, <laughs> to which, the call? Uh, which classify the, Sh- the Schiller Institute and the Roche movement. Actually, the Roche movement. I don't want to implicate the Schiller Institute in anything mm-hmm. as um, anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. They believe Jews are responsible for the Iraq War. Um, not sure how they got there. Not sure how they right, got there. Okay. But then, um, at the very least, if they are not anti-Semitic, they um, uh, are proponents of conspiracy theories that seem to have no factual basis. Yeah, I feel like there's something that they believe about, like, global warming or something that's weird, too. Like, basically, they're just, like, all-around nutcases. They're nutcases. And cases. so the LaRouche Institute or whatever, I don't know if we're saying it right, is based in Germany. And, like, there's, so there's some, like, loons. But founded by a man who was born in New Hampshire and lives in Leesburg, Virginia. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he's 95 years old. He ran for president, like... Every year between the 70s and 2004. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all this sort of classic, like... But his wife, Helga... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, excuse me for interrupting no, you. Um, she heads political and cultural groups in Germany. So there's some tie between Germany and America. In any case, the, the point is is that this is a, like, like definite cult-type situation. And they are presenting the Messiah with a four, th- 432 tuning... Uh, right here in Brooklyn, so. So everywhere you go, there's just all these nutcases. <laughs> Insidious tentacles of just, like weird you know, so. global movements. Anyway, that's, that's just <laughs> important to get on the record. <laughs> So far, you bought multiple pairs of shoes and earrings. Correct. For myself. 
Um, you know, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Uh, I was having I was having kind of a down day when I bought all those shoes, and um, it was really a very very classic retail therapy um, situation, and it uh, it worked. It may not be healthy, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> Speaking of which. Um, I had my office holiday party on Monday. Oh, yes. Office holiday. Office holiday parties. Parties. Um, so I'm lucky this year my office is deteriorating into and, and merging into another organization. So, <laughs> so It's dissolving into it's dissolving. dust. So I'm lucky because there is no office to have an office party mm-hmm. for. Uh, but you... Um, yes, I did have an, I did have an office party. I mean, I've never worked anywhere with the resources to have like a fancy... Like any sort of like legitimate no, holiday party, no. um, so that is something that I've never never. We had really free karaoke when we were at IMG together. There was that and an open bar. <laughs> they did pay for alcohol, which is something that I haven't experienced ever since then. Yeah, and we took full advantage. We did. Now that <laughs> that was a memorable. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about office parties past. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that's kind of where I was I was <laughs> okay. heading. Um, so this year was unique for me in that um, not unique, but it was a is a little different for me in that I. Uh, so I work a day job. You know, this is an office party for basically a day job that I work, um, and like I feel like I have to really hold up no illusions about who I am and. Um, have my coworkers think any type of way about me, which is very liberating. Yeah. So I could just feel like I just talk about anything and, you know, not really, uh, you know, try to, you, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's no, there's no like, there's, there's decorum no that needs decorum. to be upheld. Exactly. No, like, you don't need to. I'm not impressing anybody. No. I'm not advancing anywhere. I'm not doing anything there's like that. No politicking. So. Yeah, so like they can all think that I'm like a like a sloppy like trash person. like trash person because I mean on baseline like <laughs> you the know? evidence they have in front of them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, and the thing is like they they I think I well I, I don't know but I I wonder whether they maybe have this impression that I'm like you know more of a working artist outside of the confines of their um their knowledge of me so there so the whole sloppy trash person thing sort of adds a little bit to that persona if right. if, any, if nothing else. <laughs> so, um, so that was kind of great, but, um, you know, we've had some, we've had some, uh, office parties together. So the, the karaoke extravaganza was, um, yeah, I guess that's the only one we ever had together. I, is that, is that right? Uh-huh. You, you weren't at, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Your time there was brief, My time there <laughs> brief, was brief and glorious. 11, um, 11 months. Yeah. I, I think that was, I think I had two, two holiday parties maybe three you might have had three you might have had three but um yeah the first year i told um the boss of the entire uh organ this was the first one but <laughs> um that uh, the boss of basically the entire division that um i couldn't imagine how anyone could be married to a republican which she is <laughs> um and she was like really offended by it but i was like ha, 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 i could never do that shit <laughs> and then i like went to go leave and i grabbed a uh, a black leather jacket and then I walked out onto the street and then put my hand in the pocket and then like pulled out like a pack of cigarettes and I was like that's so weird I don't smoke and then it turned out that I had put on a 
somebody's black leather jacket and it was like a man's jacket it was like th- yeah. like five sizes too big i just hadn't realized it I had to go like march back into the bar and like search for mine that was like on the floor that was the first year plant. yeah so then i followed up that performance with something even more glorious which you experienced oh yes um, that it was their mistake for having an open bar so first of all at an office holiday party any any open bar situation but yeah. particularly when you know it's on somebody's dime and maybe you want to like kind of wring the most value out of the situation <laughs> and um so you plan right you plan for an open bar you have to plot your your drinks out in a very um i think in an advanced planning kind of yeah. way yeah okay well this is this is my rule first of all no mixers <laughs> mixers are cheap mm-hmm. They're fluff. Mm-hmm. They're the fluff. So you got an open bar. You just go straight up. Whatever liquor of choice. These are these are some great tips. People are going to maintain their jobs. They're going <laughs> to maintain their relationships. Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, I absolutely agree. Otherwise, you're going to get like a whole bunch of soda water. And you order two at a time. Everyone knows that. You order two at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're getting one for your friend. Yeah, well, you order two and they're like, oh, we only do one. They go, yeah. I'm just getting one from my bathroom. She's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just being, you're just being courteous, right? right? And then you walk over and you put it down on the table, for right? And if they're like, if they're like, so, I'm not saying I've done this before, but I'm not (laughs) saying I haven't. Um, If they're resistant the first time you go and ask for two because they think it's for you, Uh then the second time you go back and ask for two, you ask for two different things, and they don't even bat an eye. You know, okay, that's great. That's good. That's good. Um, which also means that you have to switch drinks. Though. You do. <laughs> a danger you do. in and of itself. But you say like dark liquor to dark liquor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, but this was this party occurred before we had crossed the barrier, the that uh, invisible but true barrier of when we were able to switch alcohols without yes. uh, much repercussion. But um, so I had I sort of had planned out. Um, to the extent that you know, a trash person can, a like a two-hour open bar situation, and then we are nearing the end, and I feel like I've made very, very good use of, of like I planned it out really right. perfectly, and then it, and then somebody gets on the mic and is like, "We're o- extending the open bar yeah. by another like hour or whatever," <laughs> and so then it was like, "Oh God, okay." So then that's when like I think that was really the the clincher of when things. Yeah, I mean we were in our mid twenties. Working jobs that we hated. Working with, and we were surrounded by people who that we didn't, didn't like, like who, yeah. and also didn't like us. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, there was a lot say. of mutual <laughs> hatred in the room, yeah. <laughs> distaste. Yeah, and then and then get all those people, and consider that these are all music industry people, into a small room to do karaoke together. It was terrible. Nightmare, nightmare scenario. They're singing like harmon. They're singing like Billy Joel, and then like harmonizing oh, to it. Oh God, it's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, Billy yeah. Joel in a karaoke room. With, like, with people who are taking it very HR seriously, person. very seriously. Yeah, taking the third. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The people, people plugging third. one ear so that they can really. It like, was bad. Ah, and then we mm-hmm. went to dinner with some people afterwards. I don't know if you remember this. No, so so a few things happened. One, um, one of them was that I I I uh, chose to sing Beyonce while I was in the state <laughs> because like what kind of hubris yeah, causes a person to be like I'm just gonna like take this mic and solo to Beyonce yeah, in front of 
this room a very hostile room by the way um so that was one thing that happened yes no we did we did go a room of people who make their living by judging singers correct yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. stellar stellar (laughs) move on my part um then uh i don't even like karaoke as you as you know um yeah no we did go out to dinner we went out to dinner and all i remember of dinner was um sitting across from one of the heads of the vocal division and, you know, having too much to drink, I just decided to tell him that I didn't like any of the artists that he signed to the agency. Oh. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, really? Tell me why. And then... And you, and and you were I like, oh, let me tell you something. I, I didn't think this and I think that. It was so sad. It was like real stupid. I mean, fortunately, of all the people there, he had a sense of humor and was actually someone who wasn't yeah. a terrible person. Yeah. So That's such a like amazing like 25-year-old yeah. like conservatory graduate yeah, thing was... to do is to be like, well, actually, you know, her voice is going to run out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was, <laughs> she won't be able to fill those, those opera It was one of those forever. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, a couple things that I remember is that one, you, you were talking to somebody who um, had a guess, maybe a bit of a reputation for being a little bit predatory towards younger staff members or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then, but you were having like a perfectly normal, like professional conversation with somebody. <laughs> and then I just walked up to you and in full voice just said, do you need to be saved right now? <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, um, please walk away. <laughs> I didn't even really know you that well at this point. No. We'd known each other for maybe like, um, like a month or two. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that happened at that dinner was that somebody was saying that she was uh, 30 and she felt that being slightly older than the rest of the, the like, piss on junior staff um, allowed her to do a better job and, like, be, be, like, a better, like, you know, like servant yeah. to her, her clients. And, um, and then I turned to you and said, in, again, in full voice, <laughs> and, like, in full voice, like, if I'm still doing this job when I'm 30, I want you to just kill me. Yeah, we were, that was, that was a real textbook example of how not to be as people. How not to be as people, absolutely. And how not to be at a Christmas party. So the moral of the story is if you have to go to a Christmas party, so everything we've said about dominating the open bar stands, except, <laughs> except if you have to go to a, a party, whether it's a business party or otherwise, of people you can't stand, and or can't stand you it's probably best just to stay with the seltzer oh yeah well no i'm you know i i don't i disagree i disagree with that i just think that you've got to keep the the talk small keep the talk keep the small talk like don't go beyond small talk yeah, level i just don't say anything that you actually think about anything i don't have faith stick in to myself neutral that I'm, when i like had to be too much of a hater like, and you know what i'll tell you something I else i think i'm gonna t- <laughs> I'm going to just take this opportunity <laughs> that's a very inappropriate gra- place. This inappropriate opportunity to grandstand about <laughs> the choices that you've made in your life. Um, yeah, no, definitely don't do not do that. No. Well, so that was the sloppiest Christmas party experience I've ever had. I think, I that's, I think that's true for me, too. Season 
there's a lot of get-togethers that are happening, whether they're holiday-related. I guess they're all holiday-related. But you need a good playlist mm-hmm. for for these parties. And now all the parties are not going to be Christmas, just Christmas songs on repeat, mm-hmm. or at least I don't think they should be. So um, I want to know, and I want to talk about what the science of making a good playlist. Oh, okay. All right. Because... There are different needs for different situations. And you and I have put together many a playlist for different situations. And I think... Quite expertly, if I may I think there are certain qualities that you need in a playlist. And Mm -hmm. you need to decide... Well, before I go any further, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts about the whole thing. (laughs) Sounds like you have a thesis ready to deliver. (laughs) I know. I have a few few thoughts. Tips and tricks. Yeah, tips and tricks. Well, I would say that in in the holiday um, vein... I want to reiterate what you just said, which is that if you're making a playlist for a holiday party, do not, like, please resist the temptation to make it all holiday songs. Yes. That becomes like white noise. There's nothing that's more pleasing than when you have a nice mix of like regular music. And then when a holiday song comes on, it feels much more like a, like, ooh, you know, right. otherwise it feels, it's like a relentless, like, jingle bells. Right. Like, ding, ding, you know, in the background, and it, it just, like, becomes, um, like, annoying. So you want to have that on for, like, maximum festivity, like a constant Christmas playlist thing, but um, that is not the answer. It has to be a little bit more carefully uh, uh Yes, and I'll them. add to that, the genre that the Christmas song is in, should be the same genre of the other music you're playing. So if you're going to play like a Mariah Carey pop Christmas song, you should also play pop. Pop other things. Other things. Yeah. If you're if you're doing something more down-tempo, like consider something else. Yeah. If you're doing do, Bing maybe Crosby, do, you can do some more jazzy stuff, mm-hmm. some more could do, big you band. Could, you could have like a Phil Spector Christmas right. um, if you, you know, to like for other like mid-tempo things. But anyway, so um, I, these are things I think about a lot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also think like that, again, having like sort of the, the regular Christmas like blockbuster songs is like exciting. But um, but I get a lot of pleasure from like deep cut, like weird um christmas albums mm-hmm. i really like a themed christmas album i like like you know just like sort of the things that you hear less of on the radio that are but that are still famous like james brown christmas can never mm-hmm. miss with that um sharon jones had a great christmas album yes she did oh it was really good mm-hmm. it actually had a hanukkah song on there too yeah, kind of yeah. killed um yeah so like or like um weird like you may not follow me on this one but like you know like caribbean christmas or like Uh steel drums or like some you know weird things like that that are sort of unexpected like i love i love that kind of thing so so um, don't be afraid to dig deep for the christmas yeah yeah crate digging like which are all available on spotify so you don't even have to dig in a crate for it um other playlist okay so that's just holidays though right um so let's see i think a few things matter uh duration i think is the first thing that I want to think of the about playlist. of the whole playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, is this going to be, is this like something that needs to be five hours? Is this something that needs to be like a nice tight two hours? Mm-hmm. Like that really um, makes a huge, that that's like the number one place that I start. Um, 
And you need more music than you think you need. Always. So for a two-hour party, four hours of music is, is good. Three hours of music, mm-hmm. at least, at least. What else? So you're gonna you're gonna decide how long your playlist is gonna be. Two, you're gonna decide uh, immediately if you're gonna want that playlist to be on shuffle, or if you are really someone who wants to lay <sighs> down the tracks. And like, there's certain things that you need it to go in. I think that's that is actually like, yes, you have to decide whether it's going to go in order or not. Yes. And there's some things where you kind of like you don't want it to shuffle, like, um, like a wedding playlist, yes. for instance. You don't mm-hmm. want that to shuffle. No, because you need to start with like some some mellower music that's more generationally cross generational sort of music. You know, and then the easiest rule of thumb on how to govern yourself on that when it comes to the wedding playlist is just to go by decades. By decades. So start at your earliest chronological time period, and then by the very end, you can have Drake. That's okay. Right. Like, yeah. but it has to start with your like dancing in the streets and your like, you know. Yep, under the boardwalk. Yeah, like whatever that. And era. you can move on to Motown, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. So I would say throw throw a lot in there first. Yes, overdo it and then edit. Because no, you're going to take some stuff out, mm-hmm. but but throw some stuff in. Now, here is um, a rule that we use in our in our playlist that sort of developed organically. But when you're when you're adding songs to a playlist from popular singers, popular artists, with, oh, this um, is a great with, this is a great tip with popular hits. Um, don't always put their greatest hits on the playlist instead choose to do like um second or third a, tier hit. A, a particularly a third tier um hit that was a hit back in the day but it seems to have faded from recollection this um, is like such a good tip by the way this is the this is actually the critical tip for when you have a playlist playing and then people are like is this your playlist this is amazing yes um, th- it is actually 100% due to this. So if you have level. an artist, like go to their Spotify page and then like th- look a little further down and like mm-hmm. it, you'll you'll often find a song that you'll have forgotten yourself even exists. Yeah. And then you put that on there and to your point, people will be like, oh, this is, I haven't so heard this in forever. Good, yeah. This is so good. Yeah, yeah. It makes it like, it's a really easy rule that makes you seem a lot more musically well-read. <laughs> another another rule that's sort of adjacent to that one, um, which is harder rule to implement, you do need to know a lot more um, yourself in order to find this sort of thing. But uh, if you use songs that have very well-known original songs that have very well-known hooks that have been sampled in oh this other, is a, this is great yeah and other and other hits that's really fun although you do need to you have to you know oh, this course. can go either way though i so so you're saying that what you you want to hear is you want to hear the original version of that song that was sampled frequently that was sampled yeah. in all the mm-hmm. other songs mm-hmm. um, i think some people would argue that it's like annoying to hear that because what you're your ear wants is to like hear the like well, yeah the like you know the puff P-Baby. daddy version yeah. oh my god i can't believe we both went to that yeah. um that version instead of the original but um i i actually do agree with you that i, I like that you, you did that for a wedding playlist that we were asked to put together earlier this year where it was like a it was some like disco song that had been very very famously reappropriated and i can't remember exactly what song it was but um but yeah, it's it was nice to hear like the seven minute disco cut of yeah. the like thing that was sampled in the like nineties rap song. Yeah. So. Um, 
Oh, another, sorry, another one. Don't put anything on your playlist that has intros and outros. Do not. So unfortunately, there are Lauren a lot. Hill. Lauren Hill. You can't use her. Say, you cannot use Lauren Hill. Some outcast is very difficult to use because they have like long outros yep. and skits and stuff that are tagged on, which is very. Erica Badu can be hard to use in some places. Mm-hmm. Jill Scott can be hard to use. Yeah. So if there's like a spoken thing, like whatever, like at the end and like some, you know, it, it, that's very annoying when you're, you hear that right. on the playlist. The other corollary, corollary to that is never use live. Uh, a live recorded version or rarely there yes. are some exceptions to that rule but generally speaking reason being the applause yeah starting and ending with applause is it's jarring applause is tough um so remember to put your to put a fade on the playlist and spotify can go up to 12 seconds and i usually just use 12 seconds because 12 mm-hmm. it's a big it's a big long it's fade. a crossfade yeah it's so it's, it's an- a crossfade which will really um remedy <laughs> a lot of things but unfortunately spoken intros and outros are often longer than 12 seconds so if you have a very short one you might you know you might be able to get away with it through the through the crossfade but definitely turn that on Mm -hmm. oh yeah the crossfade and that's a playback thing rather than a construction Mm -hmm. thing yes um but yeah yeah. that 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 is actually super super critical 12 seconds is so long (laughs) that's insane um i another so you're going to throw a bunch of uh, songs on the playlist. You're going to take some of them off. You're going to you're going to move them around mm-hmm. um, so that maybe they complement each other so that you have some some sense of um, some progress or some sort of if you're going to do random play, you don't have to worry about this. We're really talking about a list that you're going to play chronologically. Um, but even if you do have a playlist that you're going to play shuffle, I do recommend having a few songs at the end of the playlist that really function well as as an end of a playlist you may not use them um especially if you're just like at a house party or something no one's going to know but there are other situations where um it's really good to have either long playing stuff Mm -hmm. um stuff that sort of like so the party has peaked but now it's coming down so um if it's not a rager that's just going to go into the end of the night that you just want like party anthems, you're going to want something at the end of the night that sort of... As the crowd thins. Yes, it sort of like comes, the energy comes comes back down. Mm-hmm. So I would have some things organized at the bottom of, of your playlist that can do that. And even if you're playing shuffle, you can go into the queue. God, we sound like such music. Yeah. <laughs> you can go into the queue and then you can, you can queue those up. Mm-hmm. I know that's like a pretty like. No, I do that. <laughs> I just feel like we're tipping our hand too much to our like weird, like micro obsessions. But um, yeah, it's a deep dive. But I think all super like super good tips. Yeah, if I do say so. So if you put all those together, um, I, I don't think you can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of all, put things that you really enjoy listening because really, if someone else doesn't, then they can get out of your house. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mind.
Soul.